Howdy y'all, my name is Caleb Rainwater. Uh, we're super glad to have with us tonight at Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church, Dr. Lou Sterrett. Uh, Lou is a professional horse trainer, a certified counselor, uh, a licensed preacher, and he has a PhD in leadership training. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Lou has a ministry called Sermon on the Mount, the Mount being a horse, and he's been doing it for 40 plus years. Uh, he travels the world using his talents as a horse trainer and doing horse clinics to preach the gospel to people who might not hear it otherwise. Um, so I had the opportunity to travel with Lou back in June and I went on tour with him through Texas, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Kansas, and in his ranch in Oklahoma. And the thing that stuck out to me the most and was most impressive was his knowledge of the Bible and his ability to use his incredible talents as a horse trainer to be able to reach people who uh, might not be able to be reached otherwise except through horses. So tonight, he's going to be taking an unridden horse uh, named Rosie, thanks to Asbury University, and he's going to be riding it for the first time. Uh, the horse will be ridden for the first time. Lou has ridden a couple times before. Um, so we hope at the end of it, Lou can walk away from it, uh, the horse can be ridden, and your hearts will be touched, uh, and we thank you for coming tonight. Well, tonight when we work this horse, uh, you know, if my horse runs off, and 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 whoa, whoa, shoo. At least I have a fence to stop me. But then I'd have to always ride in a 60-foot round pen, wouldn't I? You know, it's like having your kids. As long as you have them in your house, you can kind of control where they go and what they do and things like that. But one day, they're going to leave home, aren't they? Yeah, and that's good. Some very good on some days, but bad and frightening on other days, isn't it? Of course it is. So we build a thing called relational boundaries into the horse, not just physical boundaries. And we use reins. And uh, reins can steer a horse, and they can point this way, and the horse starts to follow those reins. And, you know, these are magical reins. No, you see, reins are what relationships are. We all have authority, but we don't always listen to that authority. So the horse only listens to the reins to the degree that he has a relationship with a trainer. But you and I know that while there are physical boundaries in life, there are relational boundaries there are also conscionable boundaries. There's no such thing as a godless nation. I mean, there's a godless nation by all means, but there's none that don't believe in God. Why? Because they have laws for murder, stealing, thievery, things like that. Well, if they don't have a conscience and they don't have something to answer, there's no such thing as murder. There's no such thing as stealing. But you see, the liberty that's ours measures our relationship with our master. And the spirit, God says where the spirit is, there's liberty. So we can let him out here, and it doesn't change anything about him. Why? Because his relationship is not defined by rules. In Christianity, that's an important thing for us to understand, that our relationship is defined by love and not by rules. And you know, when we have that relationship, it begins to open. I don't have a gate. I left it in Oklahoma because my rig was broken. This is a secondary backup rig. And so I'm just going to leave that there. We're using a panel as a, as a fence tonight. And uh, a little scary. It's when your kids have the car keys and, or they have their license and they want the car keys. You know what I say? Give it to them. Give them the car and give them the mortgage too. You know, uh, liberty is one thing, but liberty is never liberty, friends, in the scriptures, without responsibility. There's no such thing as freedom without fences. There's no such thing as liberty without responsibility. And that's the gospel, that Jesus took the responsibility for our liberty. It was for our freedom that Christ died. And so we begin to realize that this horse, no matter where we go, uh, doesn't matter. We ride up into the crowd. Why? Whoops, I got a camera. I better pay attention to that walk. Hey, quit, quit thinking around here. All right, good. He's out having play and fun. Whether we go on a trail ride or ride in an arena, this horse is perfectly at home to respond to me. Why? Because he has an internal relationship. Love does no wrong to his neighbor, therefore love fulfills the law. And so it's not my reins, it's not my fence, it's, my, it's a relationship that holds this horse to me. So I'm going to let him go because we have some more fish to fry tonight. And meanwhile, I'm going to take off my spurs. Now notice that I, don't, I only ride my good horses with spurs. Why? Well, partly because I don't want to go home as an astronaut tonight. I'd like to go home as a cowboy. But the other reason is that only your advanced horses 
are able to handle specific cues, much like Moses and Paul had specific expectations that were far greater than the four laws put on the Gentile people. So this young horse might handle general things, but can't handle a lot of heavy, specific accountability. So I'm going to go into Rosie. And uh, Rosie's a domestic horse. In other words, she's not feral like a wild Mustang or a Brumby in Australia or uh, a Mongolian pony, whatever we've had around the world. And she, she comes to me just like you people and says, Oh, Lou's here tonight. Please train me. <clears throat> Stinking horse. She's not impressed. She has no need to be trained. That's why there's a lot of people that could be here tonight that aren't here tonight because they don't have a need to be trained. They don't have a need to be washed in the Word. And so she doesn't come to me because uh, she has no need. So when something frightens her, she runs. She runs as far from me as she can possibly run. And uh, she checks out this fence, and she looked at this panel right here. Did you see this panel right here, folks? She wondered if this panel was as high as this panel was as high as this. But she wondered if what mom says is the same thing as what dad says. If what my parents say is the same thing my pastor says, my youth leader, my coach, my teachers, the policemen. Why? It doesn't matter when this is 14 feet high and this one's 6 feet high and this one's 8 feet high because this rung here is only 2 feet high, friends. This is the only rung that matters. Horses are low-rung hunters. And so are children. The purpose of children is to make parents' lives miserable. They're low-rung hunters, and they'll find every flaw, every low fence, every open door in life, and they'll pursue them because they want consistent boundaries. The most powerful thing here tonight is the fence. The fences are being eroded in our nation. The fences for marriage, the fences for church, the fences for family. Why? Everything God made, he put a fence around. Did you ever notice that? He made the solar system and the stellar system. He put a fence. He made, put him in an orbit. He put a fence around himself, said he's holy, he can't lie, and he can't change. And he put a fence around the animals and their territories and marked their territories. So when I begin to work the horse, she just runs right through me. And she just thinks, oh, wow, wish I was married to her. Wow, I got a new car and a tractor, a John Deere. You see, we always think... The answer to pressure, friends, is more. The prodigal son, if I only had more opportunities, if I only had more money, if I only had more opportunities to show myself, and we think the solution to every form of pressure is to escape, to jump, and yet God puts a limit around everything that he makes because he wants to define us and help us to achieve greatness in confinement. If we don't learn to find abundant life inside of limitations, friends, we will never find it outside of it. And this mare just runs through me. See how that, you know what that actually is a picture of? It's a big fat church word that very few people use in our culture. It's called iniquity, where she's headstrong. And so she works a little bit and turns, and she's deciding about paying attention. You see, when I establish authority in a horse, there's three things that establish authority in a life. Movement. Movement in the right direction, and movement in the right direction at the right speed. And so I begin to establish authority in this marriage life as God begins to in our lives and help this mare to understand and check out those fences. So I'll work with her until she decides she's going to turn. Now, most horses turn away from me. She turns on the inside and she just runs through me. Three defense mechanisms that a horse has. One, I'm out of here. I'm going to jump this fence. I quit this marriage. I'm leaving this church. I don't like this pastor. I don't believe that he's teaching the right thing. Whatever. And you see this mayor is constantly questioning the most important word in human culture. It's a word that's difficult to spell. It's spelled N-O. You see, our world doesn't want to believe in any absolutes because absolutes are judgmental. Hello, gravity is. Inertia is. And death is. It doesn't matter your money, your position. It's an absolute. All physical law is absolute. And the purpose of that is to tell you, no! The purpose of penitentiaries, the purpose of fences, 
the purpose of solitary confinement, is to teach you to hear things you would not hear. So I teach the horse's turn and face the fence. And this mare doesn't get it quite. She's still kind of headstrong. Now, she's not a wild horse. She's just an ignorant horse. And that's different. God forgives us for, you know, there's no Old Testament sin or offering for intentional sin. There's a lot of offerings for unintentional sin. So I send her to the fence and I say, no. She licks and chews her lips and she finally hears the word no. Do not fret because of evildoers over there or be envious of wicked doers over there for they will fade quickly and their grass will wither. You trust in the Lord. So look at her eyes. So the question I have for you tonight, does the mayor hear me? There's three things we're going to learn tonight about trust. Hearing, responding, serving. And when our trust is violated, the first thing that goes is serving. The second thing that goes is responding. And the third thing that goes is hearing. Now watch the mayor. Does the mayor hear me? Now, you're going to find out that I'm a little bit sexist. I believe men and women are actually different. I know that's up the wrong holler, but anyhow, we're here to tell you that they're still different. And as I go around this side, that mare has places to go, people to see money. And she makes her, she starts to walk off. So I'll send her back to hear the word no, because I have to teach her to hear me on the other side, not just one side. You see, this is a wife asking a husband, Honey, you listening? He repeats every word she just said. She says, Look at me when I'm talking to you. See, this mare's looking to me and her ears are moving, but guess what? One eye is on what everybody else is doing. It's what Peter said. Well, what about John? It's none of your business, Peter. You see, and I need to teach her to find me. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder, a rewarder of those who seek him. You see, we have a problem with our sin nature because we think God is a punisher. And we deserve that in some ways because uh, he convicts us of sin. But I have to get this mirror to believe that I'm a rewarder. And that God and his goodness is a reward or not anxious to judge or condemn, which he could have already done rather than sent salvation through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to send the mayor back around a little bit and get her to practice on the other side till she can hear and find me. Why? Because I need to teach her to seek me with both eyes there so that she might find me. And now I'll send her out. You see, when the mare turns away from me, there's three things she does. True of every human being in here. Number one, I'm out of here. I quit. Number two, if she puts her hands over ears, I'm not listening. As my niece said, I didn't do it and I won't do it again. I'm not listening. And the third is if she turns away, she can always kick. Escape, denial, and blame are the three things that cause us to preach the devil's gospel, friends. Because we're not willing to take responsibility to hear and to obey. And so we escape. We, we blame. We, we uh, deny. We suppress truth. We as believers do it. And see, see, look at her. You see, she thinks she's called to be a human doing, not a human being. So she immediately runs over to her front pew and sits in the same pew she sat in last Sunday. Because if she sits here, throws a few shekels in the offering plate, the pastor won't even think I'm not even saved. So you see, the mayor, you say, well, you taught her to do that. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I saw you. No, you didn't. I was teaching her to hear my voice. You see, you can come to church dirty and leave dirtier because now you have more truth to be responsible for and you won't obey it. It doesn't matter how close you draw to the church. It matters how close you draw to God. And so I'm trying to get her to hear my voice. The reason we sit in these boxes over here in these pews is to hear God's voice, not the preacher's voice just alone. They're one and the same, hopefully. But I'm going to call her to me. Watch. Watch what she does. Uh, not yet. There's a little. I called, and you didn't answer. I stretched out my hand, Proverbs 1, and you refused. 
Ah, good girl. You did not want my counsel. You spurned all my reproof. Four times at four levels, God calls to us. And you know, if to do that, she had to give up her right to blame somebody for her position. She had a right to give up her right to deny that she had pressure. She had to give up her right to escape and turn to the one person in her life that's making her life miserable. Oh, there it is. Stinking horse. Look at her. Mm-mm. That preacher better not call, corner me and ask me well, whether he can come visit me this week. And so she moves off. I ain't going to let her move off. She can leave me anytime she wants. That's a scary thing to give a person, the power to leave God's presence, to leave God's call, to harden his heart anytime he wants. So the question is, does she hear me? You see, you and I think we hear with our ears and answer according to our ears that we hear. But the Bible says he who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them. The Bible says he who hears these words of mine and looks into, it's like looking into a perfect mirror and immediately forgets what manner he was. He quits and turns his eyes away from what he heard. This man is a forgetful hearer and not an effectual doer. So hearing, and Jesus emphasized strongly about hearing. He who has ears, let him hear. Hearing involves our ears to hear the words that people say. Hearing involves our eyes to see the attitudes and the needs that they have. Hearing involves our feet so that when you ask your child to take the garbage out, he doesn't just smile and say, yes, mama, and never does it. That's no better than a worthless card, cardboard cut out of John Wayne. You see, he's got to move her feet. The definition of integrity is how much distance there is between our mouth, what we promise, and what we deliver. You see, you and I hear the scriptures and we hear things tonight, but the mayor doesn't get any of the scriptures. She only gets the consistency of my life that has to equal. Notice that I'm a rewarder. I waited all night just to rub on her and touch on her, and I always walk out the horse's face to teach the horse the basic principle in life. <clears throat> Stinking horse, what's wrong with her? Well, you stupid horse, you're not nearly as good as your sister. She's got A's in her class. Well, you're not making much money like your brother. You see, I could curse her, and I could compare her, and I could condemn her, or I could whatever, or, or, I could understand her need and go back and fill her gas tank with love. Unconditional affirmation. There's three things you and I cannot live without. We cannot live without boundaries, truth. And even if you end up in a cult or a gang, you still have boundaries. Even the mafia has boundaries. We cannot live without affirmation. We'll find it somewhere. And we cannot live without hope. And the mayor doesn't respond very well, so I go back and I invest again. Why? Because anyone who invests in your love tank and in your worth bucket, friends, you will always consider them valuable and want to be nearer them. So I'll walk away. She doesn't walk very far. That's okay. She moved. So I'm going to get rid of this rope or this flag. Excuse me. Excuse me. She can leave anytime she wants. And now I'm going to expect her to respond. Okay, so the first thing we look for in building a relationship and restoring trust. I'm a professional counselor, so the first thing we listen for is not to approve other people, not to fix people, not to remedy situations, but to hear. Why? Hearing a person, let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Hearing gives a person worth. It doesn't mean you agree with them. It doesn't mean you honor what they're doing. It gives them worth. I love the Lord God because he hears me. And we love all who value us enough to hear us and whatever things are going on in our life. And that's how we choose to be around people who actually hear us and hear our needs and hear at four levels. Hear not just our words. Hear not just our actions. Hear not just our attitudes. But they move their pocketbook or they move their priorities to be and to minister to that need, and their feet move. 
their feet move. And that's how the world, the unregenerate horse, hears and discerns whether this church, these people, hear from God, how well their feet move. And that means not just talking, it means living it. So we walk away again. And we teach the horse the power of the gospel. See, this horse is a reactionary fool. All people by sin are a reactionary fool. The first time the fool says, there is no God. Then he says, well, if there's a God, he doesn't see everything. And finally he goes on and says, well, if there's a God, he sees everything. He doesn't hold everybody accountable for everything. He's on a slippery slope. And so I bring up conversations with this horse. Conversations are, what did you do, as God did to Cain? And this blanket smells like a horse. It's, it's uh, silent and it's non-threatening. And so I bring up this conversation of, what did you do? And so the horse smells it and sees it and responds to it. Nothing react. Good. So I take it over and I always walk away. The burden of proof, the burden of hunger, the burden of pursuit is always on the horse. The burden of investment, the burden of teaching, the burden of unconditional love is always on the leader. So I take this to the other side and I begin to talk to her about what things are happening in her life, not trying to change her or pinpoint things, but just talk about what's going on in her life. And then I double the conversation and I make a big thing out of it and I begin to pursue her with that and I walk off. Always asking her if she wants to go farther. And she's like, I don't think so. I, uh, my back is so heavy. I had to make my bed this morning. I'm only 12 years old. And I had to clean the bathroom and I'm only 45. I can't believe the burdens my parents are expecting of me. Oh, it's so heavy. You see, the gospel from Genesis to Revelation is about one word. Wow. The word is responsibility. Because as sinners, as self-protective people, we're all self-centered, we're reactionary. We're quick to blame, we're quick to deny. We're quick to interrupt, to defend ourselves. But God wants to turn us from reactionary fools to response-able saints. You see, in Ephesians 4, it says, Let him who steals, negative, steal no longer, neutral, but rather let him labor with his hands, performing that which is good in order he may have something to give to those who have need. Many of you here tonight who don't do what you used to do, praise God. Many of you are here, you're just thrilled you don't have the sin patterns you used to have. But the purpose that God said wasn't for what you didn't do, friends. It's for what you can do. Why? If you and I have the power of life and death in our mouth, and life is only seen by the presence of life, there's no measurement for death, so the absence of life is death. There's no measurement for darkness. The only measurement for darkness is the absence of light. There's no measurement for heat. The absence of heat, excuse me, for cold is, is heat. Excuse me, the absence of heat is cold. And the same thing with evil and so forth. And so the absence of life is death. So when you and I have the power of life and death in our mouth, the absence of speaking life into others is supporting a culture of death even though we're not living in sin like other people because God has redeemed us to give life, to reconcile, to bring others to a new born-again relationship with the Almighty. So now, she's done well with this. Only I'm going to take this blanket up over her head a little bit and she's going to react a little bit like, oh, no, this is frightening. No, I can't handle it. I don't mind talking about what, but, but I don't want to tell this thing's in my secret. And so suddenly she gets a little reactionary and her head comes up. So she feels more in control and she reacts and backs up. And then she, see the reactionary nature in her? No one's going to tell me what to do. So she's a little head shy and a little, and then she realizes if I listen in trouble, what time I am afraid I will put my trust in thee. If I listen in trouble,
So then I gain a rest there. So I begin to put pressure on the mirror, on our flanks, and then take this away. Why? Because the conversation that we have with God always deepens for one reason. It is God who initiates every conversation. It is God who listens to our responses or reactions. It is God who wants us to know truth in the innermost being. And so he will take us to places that are uncomfortable for us. I've got to work this rope a little bit, sorry. So I'm going to take this rope right now, and I'm going to just use this rope to get over her body. And you say, well, that's not much different than the other. No, no, this is why you do what you do, not what you do. This rope sounds more like a rattlesnake if the mirror was ever roped, branded, or uh, whatever. You begin to see that. Ah, she's a little fussy about that head, isn't she? So we begin to work with her until she settles. And the why is provocative. She doesn't want to answer those questions. Then I walk away. Notice she's not interested in following me because she doesn't want to go any deeper in that area of her life. That's why God said, why has your countenance fallen to Cain? And he needed to admit that he was angry, bitter. So I begin to work her with that. And then that old beautiful head comes up again, all over again. She better hang on to that. That's the closest thing to a halo she'll ever see. She can't hear me as well, see me as well. But watch her start to look for me. Pretty music, by the way. Does it play every night, does it? So she's going to stay out there and pout. So she's going to stay out there because she can't help herself. She can't figure it out. So she's going to stay out there and pout and go slow. And then if she's going to remember... Not there yet. She's staying out there just to sulk on it a little bit. And then I'll call her to me. And little by little, she begins to humble herself and realize, I better go back there. There you go. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. You see... We need to learn how to depend on the Lord in our times of difficulty, in our times of trial. So I'll take that off. I don't think Emma's the one caused this by roping her out in the back, but it could be. No. All right, good girl. Now, this is a very important fundamental. Because what she's really saying, even though I'm easy going and quiet in some ways, no one is going to rule over me. No one's going to have final authority over my head. And so you're going to see how important this little deal is. So we're going to take this rope and... Uh, got something tangled here. There we go. Take this rope over her head here a little bit. And then we're going to play a little bit of jump rope. We're going to take this rope and just start to dangle it like this. And then take it up over her head. She's like, well, who are you to be doing that? And I could tell her now that this is so that when we put the bridle on, she'll say, bridle? What's that? Well, that goes with the, the saddle. Saddle, what's that? God could tell you the entire future of your life. But she's choosing now, instead of running and reacting, she's choosing to rest the scripture says they did not enter the rest because they disbelieved or they did not believe. And so now she's choosing to humble herself and believe in the end all things are created for good to those who love God are called according to his purpose. The all things that she doesn't understand or like. The all things that don't make any sense. I make no mistakes in this arena. Everything is line upon line and layer upon layer. Why? For where I'm taking her, not for her present comfort. So now I want you to watch the rope between the mirror and me. 
This may be the most important thing you see tonight or perhaps for the rest of your life. Watch this rope between the horse and I. And watch the tension on the rope. When there's tension on the rope, friends, who releases it? Hello, we all see that the mare releases it, don't we? Why? Because she's not a reactionary fool. She's a responsible person. When your brother has something against you, the scripture says, you go. When you have something against your brother, the scripture says, you go. Why? Because your freedom rests in your responsibility. Your bondage is always related to blame, always related to irresponsibility. Bondage is always related to the devil's gospel, friends. Only Jesus was willing and able to take full and complete responsibility for the needs and the nature and the debt of mankind. And like in following him, we should be servants who take responsibility for our motives, for our actions, for our words. Well, there we are. We're all done. Good night, folks. You're a bloodthirsty bunch, aren't you? You want this horse ridden, don't you? I'm telling you, some of you have been putting money on the horse, too, I'll bet. Well, here's what you need to know. This horse is already ridden in my book. There's only two problems tonight. I know, as a parent, this horse has all the ingredients and experiences she needs to succeed. But I also know that she will fail in the learning process or appear to fail in the learning process until she experiences the deliverance and the success of the training she's had. There's only two problems with tonight's program. She doesn't know it, and you don't know it. And that's why God allows every believer among us to go through trials to confirm that you actually are living what you believe. It's also to confirm to everyone around you that you are living what you believe. So I have to allow the horse to be offended tonight. And to do that, I'm going to take this rope and put it over her back. A little bit here. And make a little loop. There we go. Good. Bring all that right up here, and pull that up. Oh, praise the Lord. There's no anger, no reaction. She must be a perfect Christian. She must go to this church. A man said the other day about this church here, he said, I wouldn't go to that church. It's full of hypocrites. I said, it is not. I've been there. There's room for one more. You see, she learned to play the game, say all the stuff. She's not offended by that. Good, she's broke. It's kind of like saying there's all good people come here. Jesus said there's none good. No, not one. There's none that don't have sin to deal with. And so we begin to move back to other areas of this marriage life where there's things that are hidden, things that are not dealt with. So we move the pressure and we ask her about her heart and her motive. And we move the pressure to this point and ask her those things. And, oh, stink. She's saying, things that, she's saying things that ain't Christian. Look out. I can't repeat them. Boy, is she offended. Because that rope just is doing her dirty. No, the, dirt, the rope flushes to the surface the things that the horse does not dealt with. But talk about swearing and bucking and kicking and reacting. And there she goes. Now you can burn a horse with a rope. This did not hurt her, but look at her ears pinned. She's back on that panel, and she's got the church constitution out. She's got the prenups out. She's looking for a good church split. There she goes. Look at that. Mad. And the only she can think about is like the prodigal son, how unfair his father is, how bullying his brother is, and how un difficult they all are. Smart little mare. She's learned cleverly that if she good girl good now I'll just take that rope one more time and let her work through one more thing uh, she get out of that one just because it got loose over her until she learns how to respond she's still reacting still not quite there but she's getting there As Jesus said, it's necessary. Now, I'm not hurting the mayor at all. It's necessary that you be offended. 
So I'll put that flank there. She's going to be a little upset by that. But she's getting. Give me the flag, will you? Just a nasty kick. That's not fair, she says. Good. Now watch. When she forgives, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is letting go of the emotional difficulties of hurt and unfair treatment. This mare is clever. She believes the answer to everything difficult. And she's winning. Horse two, Lou, zero. Every horse is the same, and every horse is different. So just let her stay right there. I said you can't harness the heart. I'm going to keep her out there to keep her from getting too smart and turning until she humbles herself. And humbles herself means she's got to let go of that rope. Now watch. When the prodigal son ate enough pig slop, he started to remember the goodness of the father. Look at her face away from me. Look at her tail ringing. Look at her sour discipline. Look at her trying to be clever like the devil. No matter how long I've done this, friends, this mirror's just a little unique twist tonight. Not a bad horse, just useless. When she humbles herself, having eaten enough pig slop, she'll turn and look at me and come right in here beside me. I said you can't harness her. You can't make your children believe. You can't make somebody worship God. You can't make somebody repent. You can't make somebody forgive. So this mirror is just going to keep on cursing and blaming. So she gets it figured out that it's better to be with my father than it is with me. Now watch, she's starting to humble herself. Look at that. And the question is this. She remembered the goodness. He remembered the goodness of his father. And yet God hadn't changed a bit. Now, the mayor's going to stay out there and pout. The two adverse reactions to discipline. Do not despise the discipline of the Lord. That's what she's been doing. Nor faint when you're reproved by him. For he whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and chastens every son in whom he delights. Now watch. And she's going to remember me and turn and come. Ho. Ho. Not yet. Not yet. She's still going to get that flag and chase me around. I said you cannot harness the heart. I did not tell you that the heart of the horse is in the rear end. Their behavior is in their face, their attitude is in their shoulder, and their hip represents their heart. And so suddenly you begin to see that I can lead the horse from the very end that was untouchable. When you and I have pus in our heart and shame in our heart and guilt in our heart, you see, we tend to react about any kind of pressure that allows us to have to take, forces us, requires us to take responsibility. And little by little, the mirror begins to realize the more I humble myself. And so you can never love, you can never honor, you can never serve, and you can never truly believe God with pride because you're still arguing with who really is the Lord of your life. You see, what you're seeing right now in the military is called honor in the police departments. In the workplace, it's called respect. It involves two things. 
At home, it's called love. And over in that sanctuary, it's called worship. And it's only two things, and it's only ever two things, but it's always both things. What do you mean by that, Lou? Action. Unless you love in deed and in spirit. Action and attitude. Footfalls and softness. Movement with attitude. That's what creates character and worship. And you see it in this mirror, the softness and the footfalls. And you went from a mayor that's self-righteous, reviling, angry, hurt, offended, to a mayor that's hearing and responding and moving. Do not despise the discipline of the Lord, or faint when you're reproved by it. For he whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and chastens every son in whom he delights. You see, that mirror needed to know what was in her heart. God allows trials in our life to cause us to realize we are not in control of life. That trials any situation which you and I feel out of control. God allows temptations in our life, though he does not tempt it by any man, neither does he tempt any man. But a temptation is allowed in this world to flush to the surface the things we hide in our heart. And so we keep them. And this mayor had a temptation to really be angry and violent and reactionary and to resort to anger rather than to hearing. So, one, two, three, shh, don't tell her that's a saddle. I usually count higher, but Leo, appreciate it. I've been working with football teams, and I lose them after three. So when we get a horse ready for the first ride, obviously, you just saddle them up. Very good, good girl. See, the goal isn't to wear the horse out. She's sweaty, but she's got plenty of energy. The goal is to empower her to make healthier moral decisions. So I begin to work with her a little bit so she can accept that girth. And you say, wow. Uh, and you see, you really begin to realize that this mare has already been saddled right in front of your eyes already. Really? Yeah, remember when I put the blanket on her back? Yeah, but that wasn't, yes, it was. Remember when I put the rope around her flank? Yeah, but that, yes, it was. God never takes you to a place, friends, that he doesn't prepare for you. And he's already preparing you as I have been preparing this mare to be successful. And so now is the time to prove and to validate the work that God has done and is doing. So I'll take that girth just a little and let her work her way through some things here. And the very first thing when I put that on her body is now to get her to turn laterally and not take off and just buck and break in half. Get her to think before she reacts. Is she done reacting? Oh, not a bit. See, we all need healthy places to process our garbage. But I want this mare to be a responder and know that she doesn't have to be a slave of her emotions. She doesn't have to be a slave of her fears. That's why the scripture says be angry. It doesn't mean go get angry. It means be honest when it happens. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Very good. 
And now I'll just go back here and check my girth one more time and let her have a little chance to play with that just a little bit. Now, if you folks up on the top end there, especially in the top edge, will look right near the chair lines where you are. If you look carefully, we painted an X. And if you could look for that X, please, because the first person who finds the X gets the ride first. We're going to let this mirror work this out a little bit and get some romp out of her system. And keep moving. Cammie, you have an announcement? I do. All right, Cam, your mic's off. We on? There we go. Good. So now we need to find out what this mare wants to do with her life. So we're going to shake this around a little bit and we're going to walk away. We're always going to let her ask, can I have more? So we're going to let her move a little bit, go back and work with her a little bit. Woo! And always walk away. We are about 1% training in all the leadership training and, and discipleship that we do. The goal is to get them to take 1% choice and find a release, find a reward. Why? 1% for 100 days is 100% transformation. Good girl. Good girl. And we walk away. Always asking the mayor. You notice that... The more burdens I place on the mare, the better she follows. Now I've earned the right, we've taken it from little to larger. The more responsibility I give her, the more closely she follows, the more she asks better decisions, asks more about making better decisions. Little by little, I shall not drive out the enemy before you in a single year. But I shall dry them out before you as you become fruitful and take possession of the land. Little by little. Woo! 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 Well, you never know how I sound when I get up there. We walk away. The burden and the privilege of responsibility is hers. God will never force somebody in his kingdom. He'll never force somebody to follow him. And we must always realize Christianity, forgiveness is a gift, not a mandate.
Good girl. Now it might be that I could put my leg over. But there's a saying that Will Rogers said, there ain't a horse that can't be rode. There ain't a cowboy that can't be throwed. So we walk away again. Good girl. She's beginning to emphasize that I can't live apart from you. I need you. I value. She didn't value us when we came here because she didn't see her need. I didn't change, but she thinks I'm the one who's done all the changing. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Step down again. Could I throw my leg? Yeah, maybe. Remember, this isn't about me tonight. It's about empowering her. And the more smaller steps she takes, the less she can fail. She only has 1% goals. She can only fail 1%. Good girl. And she keeps saying, I value. I've wasted a lot of your time tonight. I've, I've uh, made a lot of poor choices. Is there any way that you can help me? Let's see. What's the first thing you do when you get on a horse like this? Uh, get off. So we'll wiggle and push and step and dismount. You see, she's been rewarded so often with small steps of responsibility that she believes that she can do whatever is asked of her to do. Remind her always. We get so busy trying to do things, we forget to affirm unconditional love just as you are. God loves us exactly the way we are, but he also loves us with a love that won't let us stay there. So the mayor begins to realize that I can't succeed on my own. I need you to help me succeed. So we take the mayor and we begin to take the Slack. Remember the mare in the very beginning when I asked for her eyes on the left side? There it is. And so we began to build the fundamentals of learning to release pressure by giving eyes. Good girl. We gave her an absolute no and then we released her. Now we're going to ask her to step over where the right front leg steps to the left. She does get a reward for looking at us now. She's got to move her feet. It's one thing for a baby to look at you and go. Smile, it's nothing for your children to do the job you've asked them to do with a smile. So I need her to move her feet, not just give me lip service. What if she doesn't do it? Not a problem. You see, whenever there's a crisis, friends, that doesn't work out, the formula is always this. Lower, keep the pressure there. Lower your expectations. Teach her what you want, not your standards. So I help her succeed by stepping and giving over, and then I get back on her. That doesn't mean we failed. It means we get twice the chance to succeed. So I'll now ask her to step over, and she gets it more. She moves the other three feet rather than this one. There it is. One foot, two, glad for small steps, two feet. Three feet, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Shoo, I'm exhausted, aren't you? And then we do the other side. And we ask her to give us our eyes on the other side, just like she did earlier. Release the pressure by yielding her focus. Look at her, hold. It's not my job ever to reward a horse. I never reward my horses. The only thing that ever changes a horse is the reward. It's my job to set moral boundaries so that they can find a reward by taking responsibility. See how she just hangs there for me? And I'll just wait till she gives willingly and cheerfully. Why? Because that's not worship. I just want her to release that rope. There it is. 
Good. Now, you may not have seen it, but I can feel it. So now I'm going to ask her to turn to the right. Take, unlock this foot right here. Why? Because this unlocks the attitude. Any, any other foot doesn't work. Good girl. All right, Cammie, I'm going to turn her to the right a little bit, and then we're going to flag her. There you go. Good girl. All right. Cammie moves in to flag. And here's the rule, folks. That horse, that person has made a commitment to drive this horse forward. It's like a marriage. When a child's pushing on you, you better agree ahead of time to not let that kid take the high ground. You better drive them forward. I don't have any way to stop the horse. Yikes, I forgot about that, so I'll just take the hind end and disengage it like that. Works every time, even on a bucking horse, but I just kind of forget it on the bucking horses. All right, we'll take her off to the right. Keep her out. You say, well, that's not right. She, some of you have been putting money on this horse, haven't you? Send her forward. But you see, only about 25 horses out of less, five plus thousand really buck. They're not really afraid. Okay, stop her. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear involves punishment. The one that's being punished is not following in love. So we're going to work to canter her a little bit now. Keep her forward. See, helmet side up, helmet side up, helmet side up. There you go. She's off on her lead, so we'll simply change this direction. Change directions. Help her to move off with balance and rhythm from the very moment we start her. Okay. So we lead with the seat. And so you begin to see. I don't have rules to control her. I don't mind Cammy running as hard at all. Now watch. Push, push, push to a trot, push to a walk, and a woe. Why? You always lead every horse from your seat, friends, not from your reins. You lead every relationship from your spirit, not from church attendance. An angry person. I've, been in, I've run Christian camps all my life, and within 15 minutes, all the rebel kids could find each other, and they never met each other before. You always are comfortable with somebody the same spirit as you, but you need legs to give them direction. So we'll work the mare out here a little bit just to trot her. And then we'll get her to canter. On a left lead. We'll switch around here until she gets a good left lead. There it is. Good. And then we'll push her to a trot. Trot, 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 trot. And we'll push her to a walk and a woe. How does she know that? Because she's learned to hear not with her ears, not with her eyes, not with her feet, but with her heart. And so for you and I, when trust is destroyed, we've all had our trust broken. We've all violated somebody's trust. The first thing that goes in a broken relationship, don't hold her, don't hold her. There you go. There you go, sassy. Oh, there you go. There you go, good girl. All right. Oh. There you go. See, the first thing that goes in a relationship of a broken trust is our desire to do sacrificial things for other people. Well, I'm not doing that for you anymore. You don't appreciate who I am. Second thing that goes, friends, is our ability to respond, and we start reacting sarcastically. Well, didn't think you were going to show up. Why is this so important, friends? Because others will know our love for him by our love for one another. The third thing that goes is we make the person a non-person by don't even hearing them or validating them. 
So when you're restoring a relationship with a son or a daughter that's broken, the first thing you do is learn how to hear them. Not what they say, not their attitude, but the needs of their heart. You hear the need of their heart. The second thing you begin to do is respond to their need, not react to their words or their behavior. The third thing you do is do sacrificial service to their blessing and benefit. The prodigal son was restored to his father because he went back to be a servant. He always thought that happiness was out there. He always thought that fulfillment was to do his own thing, not respond to the needs and take responsibility. And he always thought that success somehow meant that somebody else served him. Do not fret because of evildoers. Don't keep looking over there. If we don't find fulfillment in our limitations, we'll never find fulfillment apart from them. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgments as the noonday. You see, what I did with this mare is I made her a moral equal so that my whole life depended on her decisions. It's exactly what Jesus did when he left heaven, came into our arena, suffered our reactions and our blame and our anger and our defiance, And then he equipped us to be a moral equal to himself. Do you know when we're seated with him in heavenly places, friends, only family sits beside a king. He made us equal heirs of the grace of life so that his future depends on your job, my job. To that end, may God grant us effectiveness. Let's pray. There might be one of you here tonight. You might have come to church some of your life, none of your life, or all of your life. But you've never really admitted that you're an unbroke colt, that you're a sinner who needs a Savior. You need a trainer. Admit, believe, follow, confess. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But to as many as believed in him, to them gave he the right to be called the sons of God. Tonight he gives you that opportunity to call upon him. If there's one here today that has never admitted you're lost, tonight's a good night to do it. Just admit in your heart, Lord, I'm a sinner. Believe that he sent Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And confess, being willing to tell him, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And thank you for the forgiveness of my sin. Heads bowed, eyes closed still. There's a track over at my store you can pick up. It explains that little decision right there so clearly. But some of us here tonight, maybe there's a rope around your flank. We had a little reaction tonight from this mayor that was so nice. She went to church almost all of her life until she came to the cross. And that rope represented some unfair treatment in her life, a partnership that split, a marriage that failed, some reproach on your life, a financial failure, an illness, taking care of your elderly parents, difficult parents. I don't know, dear people. But all of us are affected by the difficulties of life, and they are the ropes that flush to the surface the things that is not yet yielded to the Lordship of Christ. Tonight, I want you to leave all the manure over here at the arena. Don't take any sin. Don't take any blame guilt, shame home with you. Say, Lord, I want to agree with you tonight about the ropes you've been using in my life to make me see me a little bit clearer. I don't like them. And I realize that I've been angry. I've been blaming other people. I've been denying that I'm a mess. And I've been wanting to escape what you put me in. Dear God, use the ropes to draw me near to you I tonight release the ropes. I forgive those people who offended me or did what they did. I release them. And I turn my eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, dear soul. I 
that your soul is filled with the peace of Christ. Thank you, Father, for these dear people. Thank you for our sweet evening. Thank you for showing up and taking the rain and blowing it somewhere else, Father. Thank you for a wonderful evidence of your presence, your uh, grace, and your strengthening. That may you encourage every family among us and every home and every individual. May you protect this church and empower its witness for the cause of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Come down to the store. If you have questions, complaints, see Cami. Compliments, see me. And uh, come by and, and fellowship with us. God bless you. Thanks for having us tonight.